Okay, we, we got a good show today for the David Amber show because we're gonna do our reactions to the diabetes conference we just attended or you know Let's be more specific, the American Diabetes Association eighty second scientific sessions lot way too wordy. Which for Amber was her very first. I don't even want to say how many I've gone. Don't even. (laughs) So I'd be more interested in, you know, this was your first, you know, did it meet expectations? Were you, were you sad? Were you glad? You know, tell us, tell everybody I'm walking in that room. I had a very different experience from you, obviously, because I had no expectations going into it other than just wanting to learn and whatever. And I wrote an article about this just because I went in as the patient perspective, which let's be honest there were a handful of us there that actually lived with type 1 diabetes. So I didn't get to see as many friendly faces as I would at another conference. (laughs) So I was a little overwhelmed with the amount of information, but it was nice to hear people speaking different languages, equally passionate about what diabetes is and how we're treating it. And I got to see a few people that I've interviewed in the past in person. So it was nice to say, hey, Frank, or hey, Mike, and seeing each other in person. And it was just like, a, it was just, that was very different. But I don't know that I would attend again okay, because I don't feel like I came away with anything, you know? Well, I was just going to, that was my next question. Was Is there anything that like that stood out and said, wow, this is overwhelming for me, or I didn't expect this, or gee, this is cool or anything like that? I will say the booths because I'm a visual person. So seeing, I'll give an example, like the Dexcom G7. Seeing okay. that in person, getting my hands on it and having them explain it to me from a patient perspective, that was awesome to see. And then, you know, my friends over at Insulet, just all the things that they're doing there with the Omnipod 5. And so having real life conversations, even though they're in sales, having hands on and seeing things for myself sparked a lot of interest. And then you have the smaller companies that are, for me, showing value <laughs> in the progression because it's not just the big dogs. and Maybe when the smaller companies start to come up, it makes the big dogs work a little harder, get things through faster. I don't know. But I will say one thing I learned from all this is the, from a patient perspective, things take a long time. And so you've been watching, Dave, I know you have for years, people talking about a product that would come out, you know, in seven, eight years. And for the general public, I think people get frustrated with, we've heard about this, but is it ever going to come to the market? So yeah, yeah I, it, it is. It, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, I think most people don't really understand not only the clinical process of how long that takes, but also the rigors of the FDA process. And also the fact that just now, I mean, we are, we are finally getting through the backlog that COVID created. Yeah. So, you know, it, everybody, I think a lot of patients, and I understand this, you know, very, you know, very succinctly because, you know, they want it yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, so I think that, but they don't understand, like, it's got to go through all these steps. It's so it works, you know. All the steps that cost billions of dollars, too. That's another thing when people talk about affordability. That shit ain't cheap. Yeah. Well, it, you know, and it is, you know, again, you know, it's so funny because this was, I don't know, I don't know what conference number this was for me. It's, I know I've done over 20. And it was almost like when I first started going, I believe my very first one was actually in New Orleans. And it was back then, it was a real, it was really a, a pretty small conference. And then over the years, it grew into this monstrosity. 
that was like literally taking up entire convention spaces. And then we downsized. And now we're kind of in this weirdo world, you know, post-COVID, because, you know, and just for our listeners, the way the conference is structured, there are what what's called sessions, which are like classrooms, you know, where people go in there and they listen to somebody do a presentation, and then they have the opportunity to ask questions. There's an exhibit hall, which is where all the companies are that Amber described. And then uh, I believe the posters were also in the exhibit hall. And posters, I don't even know how to explain this in a simple way. It's basically research that's done where literally the scientists or you know, whoever is presenting a poster of what they found out. Right, so right. it can't, you know, in the old days, the show was actually overwhelming because there was just so much, you know, you couldn't absorb it all. Right. I found this year's, I was actually a little bit disappointed because I thought going in, given that the, this was the first live domestic conference, I believe in two years, maybe three, I'm trying to remember COVID and all that stuff. And, you know, there was a lot going on. You know, there was a Dexcom, Insulid, you know, merger rumor. There was, you know, the Omnipod 5, the G7, the Libra 3. I mean, yeah, yeah. drugs, there's all this stuff. And it was kind of like, Gee, nothing happened. <laughs> and yeah. it was, I mean, listen, it was great to see a lot of my friends, you know, but I see them all the time anyway, because a lot of them are here in San Diego. But, you know, I just think it's, it, you know, but it, again, you know, it's, it's interesting because they're, you know, you and I both do this from different perspectives. There's a patient side of you that's looking at all the stuff. And then there's the, you know, the blogger, the, you know, you're trying to convey information. Right. And... Was there anything, I guess, okay, I'll rephrase this in a, in a different way. Was there anything that you like saw that said, okay, we're moving in the right direction? Yeah, I will say the poster section, because I walked through the aisles I and mean, there were a lot of them and they had it divided into sections like isolate cell. I mean, it was very specific to the type of research. So if you just wanted to learn about one thing, you could. But because I had a press pass, one of the researchers immediately came up to me and wanted to share what they, and I can't even tell you what it was about because I can't even remember, but they were so passionate about it. And that, that was interesting to me because it was a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody who saw a problem and was looking to fix it. And that, that's not the right way to word it, but I got to see inside the mind of a researcher. And we need more people like that because that shows progress in my mind. So I found the poster section overwhelming, but also very interesting. If you want to geek out, that would be the place you want to spend your time. You know, it, it's interesting that you say that because like, I, I always go back and forth on this because, you know, I've met a lot of these, you know, the researchers and they're, you know, they're very passionate, they're very intelligent, but sometimes you wonder, do they understand what we do every day? <laughs> you know, is it, is it all right. theory and no practice, you know? And no, it, but it is kind of like, you know, you look at like, you look at all the issues that we face on a daily basis, and, and it, it could be a myriad of issues, and they're all different for everybody. You know, some people, it's affordability of the drug. Some people, it's just, you know, making sure they're under the right control. Other people, it's just whatever it is. And sometimes, you know, you wonder if, like, some of these researchers understand what we actually do every day. <laughs> you know, do they understand science? There's no question about that. Right. But... You know, I because I, I've talked to several of them, and it's almost like you wonder if somebody's talking, but who's listening? Oh, that's good. That's a good well said. You know, because I mean, we have listen. 
we have great tools right now. We have good devices. We have good drugs. We, you know, but like nobody talks about, you know, patient access. Okay. How do they get them all? Okay. Yeah. I didn't see, I, at least I didn't see. Now, again, this is really not the show for that, but it really should be when you think about it, because let's, let's be honest, if you can't get those tools into the hands of the patients, well, does, yep. it, does it matter? Well, and that's one of the things too, when I went into this whole thing that I wanted to ask those large teams, like I get annoyed and I know this is how they market things, but if I'm watching a decorating show, home improvement show, and then insulin comes up or a diabetes drug, usually type two, I'm like, really? So I was going into it too with how are we marketing this? So how do you get it into the hands of the patient? But also how do you educate the medical community in a timely fashion and get them to listen so that when your patient rolls in after seeing a commercial, they know what they we know what they're talking about. Well, and it's even more complex than that when you think about it, because okay, so we got all this new stuff, okay, new drugs, new devices, and you're right, it can be overwhelming because there's so many of them, and there's a lot of data, okay. And most, I would say, most physicians that I've met, they are fairly data driven, and you know they they want to read these studies, make sure it works, yada yada. But then you have the real world of diabetes where patient walks in and either doesn't have insurance or their insurance plan doesn't cover this or, and so it becomes, you kind of wonder who's really controlled there. The doctors, and I hear this from them a lot privately is that they don't control it anymore. You know, they, yeah. you know, the first thing they ask you is, you know, who's your insurance company? Yeah. And then they look at, you know, your plan and it says, okay, these things you can, you know, these things we can do, these things we can't do. And then there's the other part of this, and I think this adds to patient frustration, is let's say that the doctor really wants something, but it's not on what I call the preferred formulary, meaning the lowest cost for the patient. Right. So the patient says, so the doctor goes to the patient, well, I'd rather use product B rather than product A. However, if I put you on product B, your cost is X rather than Y. And this is where you wonder who's, you know, who's in control here and it's really not the doctor anymore. That is well said as well. That is dead on. You know, because it, yeah. it, like I was thought about this after I got back, because typically after I go to one of these shows, I'm typically worn out and exhausted. And this one, I really wasn't, you know, it no, but seriously, you know, you were the exhibit hall. There were days, you know, it could roll a bowling ball down there and not hit anybody. And there was no, and what I think what bothered me most, there was like no energy to it. You know, a lot of shows I've been to, there's been huge amounts of energy, you know, some big news item or everybody yeah. talking about something. And but this year, and I don't know how you feel about this, but somebody said to me, a friend of mine, because you could attend this virtually, he said he believes that's why a lot of the buzz was taken away because, okay, a lot of people didn't want to schlep to New Orleans. Yeah. You know, be put up in a hotel. They could just sign up virtually and watch whatever they wanted to watch. Yeah, I think that takes away the energy as well. But at the same time, if you have a family, if you've got other things going on, you can't go down to New Orleans and you don't want to miss out on it. I can see that as well. So it's, I don't know, conferences, I think will continue to reshape post-COVID. I will say one thing that you didn't get to attend was the women in leadership of diabetes or something. It was just a group of women and I walked into that room and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so-and-so. Oh my gosh, there's so-and-so. So it's all these fellow writers or leaders. And I was, you know, just honored to be in that room. 
But I had so many unique conversations with that group. And one was an endocrinologist. One was part of the College Diabetes Network. So it was, I really, my networking there wasn't intentional, but I, it was very well-rounded. And I got to speak to one of the endocrinologists who helped create an algorithm for one of the medical devices. It's just recently out on the market. And I was fascinated with how, and I shouldn't be, the endocrinologist was telling the tech team how to manipulate things, how to build this algorithm based on patient data. And I was just like fascinated. Yeah. It's, it, you. it's fascinating and maddening at the same time because you like, you meet some incredibly smart, very passionate people who really get yeah. it. And, you know, that to me, that's always a great part of every show because even, even what I call, you know, the newbies, because, you know, I've been doing this for almost 30 years. It's great to see people. It's almost, but it's, you know, it's almost sad in a way because like here we are and we're no closer to a real cure than we ever have been. And, you know, I mean, you know, I hate to say this. I mean, I remember, and this is way back in the way back machine. I don't remember which conference it was, but I sat down. This has to be at least 20 years ago. I sat down with two really respected researchers and I won't mention their names because they're still doing this. And they, we were literally having coffee and they said to me, Dave, in five years, we're going to be having it. We'll have a cure for diabetes. That was well longer than five years ago. And it is, you know, but yeah, we've also had tremendous advancements in drugs and devices, but yet it is kind of manning that we're no closer today than we were 30 years ago. And and if you ask people who have been around longer than me, if you could find Moses somewhere out there, you know, they'll tell you the same thing. It is kind of a maddening thing. I just like to believe that there's forward progress and that, I mean, if there's a cure, however we want to call it, what we want to call it, you know, if I'm around, I hope to see it. And I, you know, just, yeah, we're never going to go there. But well, I will say, do you, do you feel like I never once any part of the conference that I think we're all here for a cure? First of all, I, you know, I've always said this because again, another, I will not mention a name. I'm really good at friends with this one very talented researcher who is now at the end of his career. And one of the things we've talked about is diabetes is a very, it's a very complex disease. Yeah. It comes in all shapes and sizes. I mean, you look, I mean, a lot of people tend to associate diabetes with obesity. Yet I yeah. know, I know people who are marathon runners, yeah. skinny, skinny as a bone, they yeah. have diabetes, you know, and I know other people who don't fit quote unquote the profile, I don't know what the proper terminology and they don't, and their blood sugars are fine. Yeah. It's like, and so I understand, yes, I think we all would love to have a cure, but I think, I don't think people realize just how difficult, you know, as he said to me once, said, Dave, we're not even really sure what causes this. Yeah. How do you fix it if you don't know what causes it? You know, and it's not like, and again, we, I think you have to define your terms. What is a cure? Yeah. You know, and I would have to say if I, if there's one really good thing that's kind of happened over the year, and you saw more of this at the conference, is that life is getting easier for patients. It really is. I mean, they're putting more thoughts into the design process. You know, smartphones are becoming our healthcare hub. You know, so I think... I think that's a very positive trend. And like what we're doing at the Diabetes Way, I mean, hey, you know what? We got it. Let's deal with it. It's a lifestyle, you know, and I see some of that. that I've always, I've been harping on this for years 
because it is a manageable disease if you choose to do it. Some people, you know, I'd hate to say this, they give up, they throw their hands in the air, you know, and say, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. It's to me, it's not a question of how to, it's a question of what to. And I think, you know, I don't, there were a lot of sessions I saw, you know, I didn't attend many of these, but there's a lot of sessions I saw that, you know, we're more about, okay, you know, how do you help these people get over that hump? How do you yeah. give them the want to? So who knows? Hopefully next year, hey, it's here in San Diego. So it's simple <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'll fly to San Diego any day. Yeah. So, you know, that'll be fun. Let's see, what's next? I don't even know if, I haven't decided if I'm going to ESD or not. That's a European association yeah. in, in Sweden, but I'm not even sure, you know, I agree with you. I'm not sure the, I'm not sure that in the co- post COVID age that these shows are always relevant anymore. I got to throw out one last thing is there were like, if anybody from the ADA listens to this, you want a moneymaker, put so- somebody in the mega lobby that deals with blisters on your feet. Everybody's walking, <laughs> have a bandaid stand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I came home with blisters because you walk everywhere. He was, you don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. And is. you're not wearing tennis shoes. So yeah, yeah. no, you we know, either you need to change the attire to like the workout gear or I, something. Know, I, 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 so <laughs> I did have on cute, comfortable shoes, but my feet still took us beatings. All right. So we're going to leave it on that one. And comfortable we- shoes. Yeah, comfortable shoes, you know, I, I, listen, I can't blame that. And you know, you're not the only one who probably felt that way, especially in hot and muggy in New Orleans mm-hmm. where it's everywhere. But hey, the food is great. <laughs> you know, some great gumbo and some really good food. And you know, it is a nice town. So we're going to leave it on that one. We'll have a, we'll do another podcast. We're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about next time? Summertime stuff? Summertime. Summertime. And then Mega you know, we're going to, we're going to put a teaser out there for all of our listeners. We're going to go to a video podcast called the Waycat. We'll tell you more about that later. So that's it for today.